In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. It goes on and on and on. Start to dance and I'm singing like I want you to be happier Because I'm happy When I'm wiser and I'm older Cause you make me feel alive What is up, folks? Whoa, that was a mashup and a half. That the, the uh, DJ Earworm took like like a hundred songs from the uh, the last decade and mashed them all together. God, I want to live in mashups. Uh, what's up, guys? So bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. We made it to Thursday. Can you believe another week went by so fast? And I've got to chalk that up to just one thing: the Royals. The Royals hype has gotten us through this week. I mean, so much craziness. I mean, like I'm a novice. I'm new to the Royals loving, but it feels good up here. I'm not going to lie, folks. Actually, it doesn't feel good up here. If I let me paint a picture for you. I am on an unmade bed. I let Carl from Summer House down today. I torqued something in my lower back. And I just, I, if there's any doctors out there, yeah, let me just describe my symptoms and treat you guys like WebMD. Hey, this is Pod, PodMD. Um, it's like right, between, like your hip and your back, like right above your butt on my back. But then it like really hurts. And then if I move my right leg, you know, what you have to do to, you know, walk, there's like a pain that shoots down my right leg. Did I kill myself? Am I dead? What happened? I don't know what I did. That's the scary thing. I went hiking yesterday. And I thought it was a good hike, but I, 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 am I just at a point where things just break? What, what do we do if things just break? Can, I have a heating pad on. I used to make fun of people. I used to make fun of my ex because she had a heating pad a lot. And I was like, what, what do you need a heating pad? And now I'm laid up with a heating pad. And I'm and I'm obsessed with the Royals. What am I turning into? <laughs> Please help me. Uh, 
You guys, we have a great guest today. Uh, her name is Lex Nico, L-E-X-N-I-K-O. Her podcast is called One Last Thing with Lex Nico. You got to check it out. You probably know her from Instagram already. She is really funny, really smart. She's got like a whole thing going, and we just had the best conversation. I could have kept this going forever. I'll just have to have her back on, but it was great. I mean... I met her uh, through Instagram, I believe, and I do got to say really quick, if anybody works for Instagram or knows what's happening, I uh, really quick, I, I know this is self-serving, but I have been shadow banned. I guess that's like the loose term for it, but they have throttled all of my posts where, okay, so there's like the, this insights tab that you can check if you're a business account and it'll tell you how many new people see your posts. And up until like two months and a week ago, I was like averaging 86% new people. It would be in front of at least by some magical algorithm. And then two and a half months ago, I didn't notice this until my friend pointed it out last this past week. It's down to 3% today. It was 1%. And that usually means shadow band where I used an inappropriate hashtag or somebody said today that um, they were doing that with accounts that talked uh, uh, or posted about COVID a lot, which is insane if that's true, because I mean, I had COVID and I was not making fun of COVID at all. I mean, I, I, that would be wild if they were throttling accounts that put out like things like I have COVID and they're like, uh, let's not give this guy. We got to we got to take away his Ben Affleck memes. People can't see this dangerous stuff. Um, but if anybody knows, if anybody's gone through this, I've written Instagram. It's like impossible to get a hold of anybody over there. I don't know what to do. The only reason it's fine, because the pe the only people that like my post now are people that usually see uh, that, that, that already follow me. And that's great. I already have like a huge crew of awesome people, um, you know, like our guest today, Lex, who is amazing. Um, but the thing that I kind of wanted to get fixed is because as I grow this podcast, I, I, it's really an essential tool. Instagram has been such an amazing tool. And you guys hear me you know, fawn over Instagram every episode because I've met every one of my guests for the most part through Instagram. So it'll continue to be an amazing tool in that way. But I, I want to try to get the podcast out as, to as many people as possible. So if anybody knows anybody or works at Instagram or anything, if you can put me in touch with or help me in any way, please email me at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. I'll even give you I'll give my phone number right now. I'm serious. I need I need to figure this out. And usually this is how you know I care. Usually I'm pretty disorganized and I would just let it, you know, like, oh, it'll figure itself out. But like, I'm kind of like, I, I, I like what I'm doing. I want it. I want it. Anyways, that's it. That is, that's the, that's the whole spiel. Um, we're going to go right into our guest, you guys, because we talk about some of the new stories that I wanted to talk about today. I interviewed her today. So it's all in there. I got a story about Vanderpump in there. I got, we got Royal stuff in there. We have Bling Empire and Selling Sunset coming back for new seasons in there. But she is just a fabulous woman. Uh, you are going to love her if you don't know her already. I had a blast. I know you're going to have a blast listening. And you guys, congratulations. We are at Thursday. One more day, and then we got that sweet, sweet, sweet ass weekend. Uh, thank you so much, guys. I'll talk to you on Friday. Bye. This is what you came for It feels right when I'm in my zone oh, Doesn't mean I'm over The way that things have been Wish we could turn back time Ten years older but Look at what you taught me I want you to stay
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Thursday. We have got a good one for you. Uh, I am so excited to talk to my next guest. Like I say, I use this as a way to, to meet new friends. And uh, I, I know her a little bit through her Instagram account, but um, everybody speaks wonders about her. I think she is hysterically funny on her Instagram account and her podcast, which is called One Last Thing, is really amazing. I really suggest you go subscribe, hit five stars immediately when you do. Uh, today's episode, uh, she, I believe, releases on Wednesday, uh, had a whole discussion about the Harry and Meghan and Oprah interview. And as you guys know, I am a new fan of the Royals and I have been thinking nonstop. So we'll, of course, we're going to get into that. But uh, her Instagram account is Lex Nico. Lex Nico, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. We have so much to talk. Yeah, about. we got that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's it's almost like where do you start? Because with guests that I know know their way around pop culture, it's like a kid in a candy store, and like mm-hmm. it's like, well, which angle? Because what what guys? Before we uh, we started recording, I asked her if she had watched the mid season trailer to Summer House that just got released a couple like an hour ago and she had not so i made her watch it right <laughs> in front of me like one of those youtube reaction videos and i didn't i said don't tell me your reaction and we're going to get we're going to start the interview off that way what is your reaction to the summer house mid-season trailer lex that was juicy like i just you know the editing of these trailers i think that's <laughs> like honestly my dream job the way that these people put these things together it's art I'm, it's art it's art it's art and there, I have so many questions, and I don't know if you want me to just dive in. Yes, dive it was in, like a minute. Went, it was only a minute and 15, 17 yeah. seconds, but it did so much. Like, I think it'll be, a, I think this trailer will be up for Oscars this year, Grammys. <laughs> I think it might get an EGOT because it really, for anyway, sure, give it everything. House, it made it exciting. What, I mean, so what are some, some initial thoughts? Okay. So a few initial thoughts, like, I wasn't sure where we left off that Carl was coming back. So it looks like he comes back, which makes yeah. me happy. I've got a soft spot for Carl. Like, Every, well, I feel oh, everybody does. Everybody does. Don't have like, I'm a weirdo. Because he's tall? Like, I don't know. Does, yeah. He even cried <laughs> in the last, he has access to his emotions. Even. I know. Perfect it's like man. phenomenal. He's doing an incredible job with his personal growth. So like happy to see Carl back. Um, also, there's a pregnancy test. Whose is that? What is the result? Is it positive? Is it negative? Well, like, it, well, Lindsay's the one holding it. So is it Stravi or is it Luke getting her pregnant? Oh my gosh. Because okay, Luke so supposedly like, makes love to her. <laughs> yes, he gets it in there. Yeah. So we saw, like, we heard that rumor. And then um, Hannah's boyfriend is there. What is his De- name? Des, Des, Des Bishop. He's a stand-up comedian. Yes. He looks exactly like Beyonce, Kyle. Beyonce, I should say. <laughs> yeah, I thought you said Beyonce. I was like, it is not Beyonce. <laughs> Kyle says he's old as fuck. Kyle did. I wonder if it's mentioned that Kyle realizes he looks exactly like Kyle. I know. 38. 38. (laughs) So there's that. Um, And then everybody hates Luke. Like, is that the new show title? So so at the end of the preview, I've only watched it one time, but it, it looks like Luke says, Carl. like, don't don't talk to me like that, bro. And and he said, and Carl's like, you're being a fucking jackass or, or something. And then they all fight, which is the big doorway fight yes. that we saw in the initial trailer. And Luke has his shirt off, which of I just the guy just walks around with his shirt nonstop. Sierra does not seem to be giving Luke the time of the day, time of day. So mm-hmm. and Kyle runs after Luke and says, You love controlling women. Yes, you love I think controlling that's, females. I think that's what he yeah. just yeah, said that. You love that. controlling females, yeah. And um, Amanda's trying to like pull him. Again, we see a lot of like 
semi-nudity on this show. Like, I think I've seen Kyle's ass more than I've seen a man's ass in the last 12 months. It's <laughs> like the little, like the, what is it? Like the, not the Gerber baby, but the one where the yes. baby, they used the to like try to, baby. yeah, the copper tone baby. <laughs> it's always reminds me of a, a grown up uh, uh, baby Kyle. But um, there is a, see, that's why I think Summer House works though, because this trailer, I was already, I'm loving this season of Summer House. I don't, I will fight anybody that doesn't like it. I literally will fight them like a, like a boxing fight. <laughs> like but, Luke and Carl and everybody yeah, at the door. <laughs> like, I mean, I look forward to it. Like I look, I, I actually will watch it twice. One to take notes, one just for me. Cause that's yeah. how much I like it. One, one person. And what yeah. is it about this season? Is it just like, so, you know, I always go back and forth because they, there are so many of them. There is this like incestuous vibe and I'm always go back and forth in my mind is, does that work? Or is that annoying? Or is the fact that I'm flipping and flopping what makes it entertaining? I think that's what makes it, as I grow into reality shows, I think that's what makes it entertaining. I also think we watch it and during quarantine or something, you're, I think there's a aspirational aspect of like, I should have gotten a summer house with my friends. Doing this. <laughs> yes. You know, like you, you know, there are all of these things and it, 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 it relies on this paper thin gimmick of being at a house, but that it works. Like, in fact, I was so, I, I was reading that this winter house they're filming now, they're bringing yes, two new contestants, somebody from supposedly uh, the circle, a guy from the circle and a Ooh. girl from uh, Bravo while black had it. Let me see if I can pull it up. Uh, this is who the, they're rumored to be getting. Uh, is it I'll Joey be- from the circle? I, I never watched the circle, but let oh me see my what goodness. you're. Uh, I'm like, I watch, I watch real things, not the circle. <laughs> um, Bravo while black said, um, okay. Rumored cast members of winter house are America's next top model star. Gabri- Gabrielle Canary okay. and the circle UK star, Andrea driver. Oh, okay. Wait, I don't Andrea know. Driver, either of those people. Then why is this? Gabrielle was on America's and she is German and black. And Andrea is also a model that you may remember from the blank space video with Taylor Swift. Uh, oh okay. my goodness. Uh, what, Very Andrea, niche. Andrea is a guy, even though I, I anyways. Um, oh, he's the one that she's like fighting with Taylor. He's the main dude in the blank space. Okay. Good for I'm you back. for remembering the since <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that that's burned into your memory. Uh, so Summer House, we will see what happens. Eventually, though, we do know Luke will be in the winter house yes. with others. So obviously, there- Sierra's there. Yeah. I mean, do you know if him and Sierra ever, it, it doesn't look good for them at this point. Sierra seems like she's holding to her guns. And then is there, are we allowed to talk on about this on the podcast? I, you let me know. But like, isn't there this rumor that she's dating a producer of Summer House? Okay. That and so I, it's like- That I can dispel. Okay, great. That I know for sure. She is not. And there's a reason I can't really say why I know and exactly why I know, but I can guarantee 1000%, not even, not even with any kind of, I'm not trying to fake anybody or pull anybody's leg a thousand percent. She is not dating that producer of summer house. Okay. Thank you. Um, I can sleep well tonight then. That's been in the back of my mind. Everybody. Well, I mean, (laughs) I don't know if you're like me where I get really offended if reality shows aren't real, if they don't have some mm-hmm. basis in reality, I I'd rather just let me know. I'll watch scripted TV. I'll watch like the crown or something, you know? Totally. And so what do you think? I have so many summer house questions. So if you want to move on, you hit me up, but oh, I'm God, keep no. going. as long as you have time, we can yes. have it. Yeah. I want to know with summer house. I have two questions. Number one, 
Kyle and Amanda, like they're just like the king and queen of the castle. Even in the first episode, I was like, how come they get the big room? How come it's just so like automatic? So I'm curious for your feedback or insight on that. And then thank my you. second, my second question, do you feel the same way? Yeah, no, no, no. I would just thank you for wanting my feedback. Uh, I do. Yes, thank you. I yes. do so badly. I want to, I, this is like as much as your interview as it is yes. mine. No, I just, please I just take am over. I'm channeling Oprah right now. Yes. And then my other question is just, Hannah, I loved her so much when she came on Summer House. And this year, I feel like they've really started to villainize her. In putting did they, her wait, in, did they villainize her or did she villainize herself? Yeah. Was she so, silent or was she silenced? I think she is being silent and I think she's doing it to herself. And now we're going to get Des in the mix. And I'm so curious how she shifts gears here. Well, how do after you sucking up to Sierra and crying over Luke? Like, yeah, like how do you go in? I mean, she she was on my podcast before, like a couple of weeks before she went into Summer House. She alluded to dating somebody then. The mm. time frames don't work out. Like she was dating Des before she went into the Summer House. How do you go into the Summer House and pretty much say you're in love with Luke and all? I mean, just start major issues. If I was this guy, Des, I would be broken hearted to watch this stuff on TV. Like, wait a sec. We were texting every night and you said you missed yeah. me so much. Like I, I would be it, Hannah for better or worse. And like, she's a, I don't know if the term girl boss applies, like she's built up a brand mm -hmm. that is very strong and, you know, whether it be her tweets or her podcast, but I think sometimes I think, you know, Paige said it best is like, she's, she's getting too big for her britches. I know it was yes. in that scenario of the show, but I also feel that if you believe your own press, if you believe everybody gassing you up, you will tend to go harder, go mm -hmm. stronger than everybody else. And then you just automatically become the villain because you've cut off any chance of being a listener, a good listener of actually seeing where you did something wrong. Like that, the thing with her and Amanda, the fact that she went so strong on Amanda, when Amanda finally came in to apologize to her, I was, yes. I was kind of disgusted by it. It was upsetting. And it's true. You know, like Hannah did get really big. Han I've always been team Hannah, not that there are teams, but like, I, I love her. I think she's like an amazing personality. She does have this really unique place in like, she's a tomboy, but she's feminine and she's like hardworking and funny, but also sexy. Like she is all of the things, which but is But she's amazing. sexy, but you also see the insecurity of somebody that didn't yes. probably wasn't always sexy. So Correct. you see that somebody of like, okay, well, what makes her even sexier is her, you know, is the way she presents herself very strong exactly. and funny, you know? And then we're starting to see this shift as Paige said, where she's getting too big for her britches. And it was like, I don't know. It made me sad. I was just like, who is this person? I don't recognize them on my screen. Yeah. But at the same time, <laughs> essential, an essential, essential character for reality shows. A thousand percent. Like my, my parents watched it. it interesting. My parents watched it for the first time last week, or I made them watch two episodes for the podcast. And they were like, <laughs> who the hell is this? Like, who is this girl? Like, what is, yeah. I mean, they were confused by the whole thing and what I do with my life, but especially with Hannah and why am I watching? This? Yeah. What, what's going on? Um, no, <laughs> but the, the Kyle Amanda thing, I, yes. I understood why they got the big room. You know, they, they're the couple. We always, you always have them. If you share how, if you go out to like a festival, like I used to with my friends for like Coachella or something, the couple that's been usually there the longest or puts thing to, things together the most, or at least voices so much mm -hmm. concern about the inner workings of the house usually gets the big room. I'm the guy that's like, totally. I'll take the couch. I don't care. Me like too. throw me on the couch. Um, so I'll I get anywhere. it, but I mean, I don't, I also, 
I need a let I would you know what I would I would buy a like a, a blueprint diagram of the summer house. Like I would buy <laughs> the, the floor, floor plan and put like <laughs> Kyle's room. Like I would frame a summer house <laughs> floor plan, you know? So, so good. Oh my God. I mean, I, if I was, that's the meme I want to make that I have no talent to make. You um, should. That uh, would be an amazing, first of all, your meme of your weekly schedule from Danielle. Oh yeah. I got to keep doing that. That to me was like, I was, it was like looking at my life. Well, do you have a list like Danielle? I do. Do most no. women have a list like Danielle? Uh, no, not, 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 not like Danielle, Lindsay. That was Lindsay, Lindsay, excuse me. Lindsay. I said Danielle, but Lindsay. Yeah. I think there's probably women that do. I, you know, I say this, I feel like I say this pretty frequently on every podcast. Like I, I'm an anomaly in the sense, my parents are like, you're missing some gene. Like I've had relationships. I've been out. I've been single. Like I'm not overly concerned. I just, I like my life and I like like living life. So do I don't really the, plan in that way. But then do you think that cements you in that kind of single lifestyle? Well, where you'll never, you'll never be able to, sorry to get so deep, but you'll never no. be able to really uh, have a full, full relationship because you are in love with your life, which is like the most amazing thing that you, you can be is kind yes. of in love with the thing that you do. I mean, I almost feel like there's a disadvantage to, to guys coming in there because you're dealing with somebody that's already really happy, you know? I know it's so they they need to prey on my insecurity. Guys are like, guys, like, guys are like, <laughs> Are you interested in me making your life 20% worse? Like, <laughs> How do you feel about that? No, I think you're right. There is like this, there's, there's like a fine line, right? It has, it really takes somebody special to pique my interest, but I'm also like, I'm a very monogamous person and I love also being in a relationship because I'm so happy. I love like sharing that with somebody, but it has to be the right person. And it has to be on a time frame, obviously. Like this is it my relationship time. time. And I was yeah. watching some of your videos of your your Raya conversations. But <laughs> you guys, Raya is not just a Disney movie, Raya and the Last Dragon. Raya is a dating app for successful individuals. Uh, I see on uh, Dumois, you'll see people like, I have two Raya passes or I need yeah. one Raya pass. And they, they uh, I guess, scalp them or something. But uh, you put on a couple conversations on your Instagram story which uh, you guys know her Instagram stories if you don't go follow her. Um, but it was like a guy and you were just like, I love TV. I love watching <laughs> a lot of TV. And he was like, can I take you on a vacation? I mean, it was like a really, was that a real and conversation? That was a real conversation where he just had this issue with me watching t like watching crappy TV. And then he's like, oh, if we're on vacation, you'll be watching Housewives and I'll be surfing, swimming, kayaking, hiking, golfing. And I was yeah. like, get it, girl, like do it. Yeah, you said, get it, girl. And he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, whatever at that point, we're not a match. Um, I got kicked off of Raya for posting that because well, you're not you, supposed to share well, conversations. But it was a successful reel, I think. So, I mean- I mean, uh, it, it, for me, not, it was worth it. I wasn't finding like, any matches who, on there. Who tells on you? Who, who reports I went to the that? app like weeks later because I don't go on dating apps that long either, but I went on the app a few weeks later and it was like, our community managers frequently do checks and da-da-da and due to like your cadence or your behavior online, we've uh, decided to revoke your membership permanently. And I was like, oops, oh, I'm sorry, so glad. Maya. I'm so glad I'm not on any dating apps because I would do the same. I mean, I would really horrifically abuse that in a in a bad way, you know? Um, hey, it was totally worth it. <laughs> yeah, he also said, he was like, I want you and me to be the best looking people in our swim mm -hmm. in our swimwear, I think he said. Yeah, the most attractive couple on the beach in our swimwear. And I was like, okay, I, like, cool. I, like, 
I would not be interested in that. I mean, like, I, that sounds horrific. Like, I, do I not mean, at that point, can you be mad that you were kicked off the app? Like, these are the conversations no. being had. <laughs> but like, I mean, that to me is it was such a basic. Co- no, you even said it was a basic conversation. But you said, I don't know. I'm a basic girl about watching yes. TV because you were saying you love The Bachelor. And I don't know it just it it made me laugh. But it also scared the shit out of me as well. And the fact that the older I, I'm like, how do relationships even work? I'm like, I'm forgetting how relationships work because it seems impossible. I agree. And that's why we have reality shows. And the other thing with Lindsay's timeline that I always like, I know for myself, I'm like, I want to have kids. Like, that's like what I really want more than getting married or anything. And I'm like, if I reach <laughs> a certain point and that's not happening, there's so many ways to do that now independently, whether it's like IVF or donor or even adoption. So I'm like not overly concerned with that timeline, but you're right. Like I need to be more open to allowing people in my life since we're having therapy now. <laughs> but it was, no, I mean, this is what, this is why this guys, you, you guys know the podcast goes everywhere, but that's what I love about, um, I loved that Lindsay's timeline because it also, it's like Carl with Carl making his bed. I was like, fuck, I got to start making my bed. Like Carl's making his bed. It's working for him. I'm going to mm-hmm. make my bed. And I have started making my bed, which is just, it's done wonders. Let me tell you. Good. But um, also the list, I was like, oh, that's what's wrong with my life. I'm not, I'm literally making no goal. I'm making no timeline. There's no timeline. <laughs> and I need to get on, like, I literally need to get on that. So Lindsay's just more, uh, intense about it. What did you think about yes. her and Stravi at the end of this week's episode for their one year anniversary uh, birthday celebration? Okay. So again, I think that Lindsay and I might be polar opposites in terms of like girls, women in relationships because you love fish and chips. I love like for me, it was like a nice gesture, but I, I putting myself in her shoes, understand that she's very firm in who she is. She's expressed her expectation to her that did not meet or exceed expectations. It was below expectations. And so it was upsetting. And I think that maybe what, you know, we might've not seen or things like that were maybe this has been an ongoing conversation or point of contention in their relationship. But like, I felt bad because I thought he tried. He had the tablecloth. I don't know why Luke didn't make the table. See, but well, yeah, well, well, but no, thank God Luke didn't. Did you see the table Luke made? It looked, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not a woodsman, but it looked, and Luke was on my podcast a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, I asked him how he got like into jewelry making. He was like, I just went to the garage and started banging on things. And I'm like, that's not how you get into like, like that's how good looking people just go and bang on yeah. things. And then they're considered <laughs> experts. Like Luke made that table. It looked rickety and stuff. And he's calling his parents. He's like, look at this. I was like, I, I guess he's good looking. So we're supposed to tell him it's a good table. I think so. Um, but the Stravi <laughs> thing, let me play devil's advocate. Okay. It was a nice gesture in the sense that I guess that was their first date at Claude's. Um, but the, you know, Sierra gassed him up to about the table and the idea. She was like, oh, she's going to love this. He fucking forgot to even put out the silverware. How yep. that's one of the most basic things you can do. You could have like had the whole summer house help for Kyle's birthday. You don't even plate the food. She's getting it out of these Tupperware containers. Yeah. Fries and, and Lindsay's face work in this deserves an Emmy. Like her <laughs> face work. You just immediately like the thing is, and she's a beautiful woman, but you see the emotion peering through her Botox. So you're like, she, you can see it's like her eyes. Her she's eyes like, told everything. Like, that's what I'm saying. The eyes picked up on so much. And it was like, ever. I mean, it was so cool. And then you just knew that he was in the shitter. And 
at that point, nothing was going to save Stravi, but I will say yeah. he said he had been working on it the whole last week. I feel like you could have got that together day of what he had planned, except for the painting, which she never saw. I'm still unclear what he was working on with the dinner portion for a week. Yeah. Like I'm got very unclear off. on that. <laughs> like what about like a, an empty room in the summer house? He fills with candles and like puts the table in the middle, like you outside yeah. and the bugs and stuff like that. To your point, he could have done something more extravagant, like what they did for Kyle's birthday. But I guess that also falls on Amanda being, you know, I think Amanda is like the best fiance ever. Yeah. In my opinion, like she's such a she, great. Well, catch. remember when she got the, the cars for Kyle to go driving around yes. uh, for his birthday last time? She She's really just, cares. And like, you know, I think maybe he could have tapped in and asked her for some help instead of newbie Sierra. But yeah, I just, I, I got the, I got the gesture and I had empathy for him in trying, but I understand Lindsay's side of just like, it's not good enough at this point. Yeah. I mean, it was, and then Stravi just left Stra and Stravi left. He packed up. It didn't look like he packed up everything, but he took his weights like yes. Kyle's Kyle got his weights down. And I was like, you just, you called a car to come get you and you brought your weights. Like, so then I was thinking the whole time about Stravi coming back to the city and having to bring up the weights. I know. Like he's Is like, he I got gone now though. I got to keep my fitness. Yeah. I think he's gone. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. I didn't see him in the preview. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that's what, I mean, my dream episode is that because you guys, this past week's episode, like I said, all took place in one day. It went mm -hmm. from the low, low of Carl's uh, brother, Curtis passing away to Lindsay and Stravi, um, you know, having that blow up. And then you even got Hannah, Amanda, Kyle drama in there. It really went everywhere and handled it beautifully. But I wish, I wish that this opens up with like Lindsay, you know, fucking Luke. I know at the beginning, I know. like, like, I hey, need Luke. tomorrow to be like, explosive. I need, I need a, I need a, like, like I have a birthday romp or something like that would be, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to handle it. Um, so summer house, I think is what I call like firing on all cylinders. It's like mm -hmm. in a really good place. If you're the, you know, if you're the, uh, like a below deck sailing yacht, if you're the captain, everything is in place. It just has to keep going and i want as many people to see it as possible because i think it really is one of the best hours of tv uh, hands down right now it takes over for me in the where vanderpump rules uh you at their heyday yes uh, absolutely and there's it's not just, that taint i don't know it. if it's the demographic or the age of it or whatever but they just it fills a void for me it does something more like i love housewives i love vpr i love below deck but like I really, really am enjoying Summer House right now. It's a vibe. Like, it's a total vibe. It is a vibe, Les. It, Les, <laughs> it is a vibe. Um, You know, tell me more about you. So you are you grew up in Canada. You're from Canada. Mm -hmm. What, why are you, what What got you into podcasting, into your your social media accounts? What What inside you uh, is, is making you do any of this? I always ask that of yeah, myself of every day. No, I know. I'm like, why am I doing this? Yeah, and exactly. why? But it's just like, I, so I, I work in tech um, and I work with creators and influencers. Now it's been a journey. I used to be in ad sales, very similar to Carl. And um, really, I just always, I have a tech background in media and computer science. You know, I would like play around with coding. I started a blog to tinker with HTML. I'm aging You're myself a hacker. here. You're a hacker, yeah. aren't you? Oh my God. Totally. <laughs> and then I started blogging, doing the whole OOTD type thing, but I did not. 
that just like wasn't my niche, you know, like Instagram came about and I would shoot and post my outfits and it was all fine and good. But I was like, I don't like this. Like, I don't care. Like I wear vintage sweaters and like jeans. That's truly it. And so I'm like, there's no range here to my fashion influencer career. And I started talking about The Bachelor in Instagram stories. And I got really good engagement to the point where if I wasn't talking about it on that Monday, people would be writing me being like, are you not watching The Bachelor? (laughs) And then I realized like, oh, I actually have something here because I love pop culture. I love like, I appreciate fashion from like a red carpet or street style of my favorite celebrities. And I started talking about that instead. And then it just evolved. And I started, you know, posting the tweets with all my thoughts and the memes that are relevant. And it just grew from there. I get messages like, why you haven't posted about Jax in a day? What's going on? (laughs) Um, uh, No, I really, you know, you have uh acumen you 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 have a talent at this that that Thanks. i don't have so i always uh Not you true. know as i'm no no i'm paying more attention to like try to to glean knowledge to you know like I, I really love that you seem very intact with who you are and that comes through which i think is the best thing that anybody in social media can do is really totally. try to convey their personality and their special sauce if you will as much as possible and and you you know and there's also a I don't know if it's a feminine touch, but a artistic touch where it it looks good, you know, like me, I'll like throw an image. Uh, yeah, there is still an aesthetic. You're I so won't right. Crop, I won't crop my pictures. I'll just throw it. Like, look at this is cool. Like, uh, so I, I really appreciate that. It's like, uh, I, is that sounds so dumb, but a lovely experience uh, going through your stuff. You're so nice. No, no, no. Um, uh, but now I'm gonna say the bad stuff. No, do no, it. No, no, no. Um. <laughs> You're you're watching The Bachelor this year, then, right? Obviously, I'm sticking with it. It's a struggle. wow, me too. And it is one of I still don't know anybody's name except for Chris Harrison and Matt, and mm-hmm. uh, I think the girl that's in trouble, Rachel McConaughey or whatever. Yeah, supposedly. Oh, I fr- wins, even forget maybe? what her last name is, but I was pronouncing yeah. it wrong. Oh, Kirk Canal, and I was saying Kirk Connell for literally weeks. Yeah. I mean, by the way, I do think in the first couple of episodes, it would behoove the Bachelor franchise to know when to, you know, on Instagram where you can stick a note on a story and it'll stay with mm-hmm. the image, stick their name somewhere on <laughs> yeah. the whole time. Like, I don't care if it doesn't look cool. I want, like, I go through whole seasons not knowing any of these ladies or guys' names, but if you put a little stick, like, treat us- it would like, just help me. <laughs> treat me like I'm five years old in that aspect. Like, don't, mm-hmm. in the story aspect, treat me like an adult. But in the name aspect, treat me like a child, you know? A thousand percent. I just, I didn't, like, Brie, who was just, you know, she just got kicked off. Sorry, spoiler alert. She was let go this week. Yeah. But I didn't know who she was for- probably three or four weeks, even though she was a front runner, but this season over any season, there were just way too many women. I feel like I was saying it over and over and over again. I'm like, I can't, I cannot get into this and emotionally connect because there's too many of them. And I don't think the show was disjointed in the sense of like pandemic because we saw with uh, Claire and Dale's season with Tasha that it was still very entertaining. It was like I mm-hmm. always say it was like a summer camp vibe. They made it work and it was really full of like drama. And, you know, it was it, I thought it was really uh, viewable in a different way than the Bachelor franchise has seen yeah. this. I, I'm so sorry. Matt James is such a drip to me. Like, are you are you super into Matt James? 
Um, so I describe him as the calm app of Bachelor Nation. Like we don't need a calm app. I, I know calm app. that is not like who you have in your lead. I've heard from multiple people he's like an incredible guy, and I'm I'm sure, I'm sure he is. it comes off, but like he is he's he's calming, like he's like a gentle mouth, not mousy, but mousy for lack of a better word. Like he's not like a leading man for what we need for this show and go ahead you know what's you know what's calming is like i have a collection of rocks and uh, those (laughs) are calming to me if i you know and i'll like put them i'll meditate around them so that Mm -hmm. is calming i would never go we need to give these rocks a tv show like i need to i feel like abc dropped the ball a little bit of like give like did you talk to him at least i know he's tyler's cameron's roommate but I, i i get that he's hot i get it but like I just, there's, it does my heart never races past like a 65 BPM watching yep, this. Yeah, I know. And I feel, so there's a couple of things that I think. I think him not coming from Bachelor Nation and not having experience, <laughs> not Bachelor, seriously, so not having no, experienced right. the show, he doesn't know how to, you know, organically, but also instinctively curate drama with his dates and with the woman. And you saw on the Women Tell All that none of them had a bad thing to say about him. Like, I think he's too nice to all of them and he's not decisive enough that it's just like, you're not like you're, you're, you're leading man in real life, I, I, but not yeah. for the purpose of the show. Even when he, at the, the women tell all, you know, he was talking about the ladies. He would be like, and yes, I'm, I'm sorry that didn't work out. And the lady would be like, <laughs> and the, it was like all very cordial. There was no like hurt feelings. Really. It was like, exactly. I, I was like, okay, but the bachelor to me is about like insecurity and anger and because it's a joke premise to begin with of like, mm-hmm. we're supposed to suspend belief and think that we're going, we're doing a game show to find that somebody, this man or woman will marry for the rest of their lives, knowing that most of the time that never happens, mm-hmm. that they just usually end up on bachelor in paradise, sleeping with a majority of bachelor nation. Like Correct. that's, that's your Raya at this point. If you're in bachelor nation, you can yes. only date bachelor nation, Yes. which, but I need laws to go in state where like, you need to be married for at least six years. If you marry somebody on the bachelor, like it's, a and if you don't, it's illegal. Percent. And they're expected to do this in five to six weeks. Yes. <laughs> it's insane. Like I, and I know it's heightened and stuff, but I'm like, how heightened can it be? Like Rachel in this last episode was like, I really have. I've never loved somebody like this in my whole, I'm like, oh, I mean, if I had ever dated Rachel in the past, I would kill myself. I would be like, oh my God, this is the most horrific. I mean, how heightened is it? Do they, do they not feed them and keep them in a box when they're not? I don't know, but I am so glad you brought that up because that my friends and I were howling. She's like, I truly love Matt. Like I know now for sure. I am in love with Matt. It was so, I'm like, I'm so jealous of him with the other girls. (laughs) And then like, it was just, I know they, I can't be around people, but they put him and the one girl uh, into like uh, what, like a, what do they call it? Like a Dutch Dutch oven oh, or yeah, a yeah, Cleveland yeah. The steamer Dutch, or the, you know, the, the, the Russian baths with and the, so they like gave them props like carrot top and they're like, just pour butter over each other and yes. slap each other with these sticks, like <laughs> a was, spa. It was, and Matt's not good with like improv. So he's just like, uh, and then no. there's just literally a shot of him with like eight sticks of butter on his back. I'm like, <laughs> what am I watching? Like nobody's even like, you, you're not going to rub that. You're just putting butter on this man's back. 
literally she was rubbing butter and then rubbing herself on him and it was just like it was uncomfortable to watch like what were they thinking doing it (laughs) i was like thank god i don't have kids i'd be like kids go to bed you're going to bed right now that's um but uh also i was i was very proud of matt for just even allowing that kind of caloric intake on his skin i know so uh health obsessed I will I mean, say fuck, we see the Peloton every single week. <laughs> <laughs> I will say there was one scene in The Bachelor this week that was so real and therefore insane in a different way because I did not see it coming from a mile away, the conversation they ended up having, which I think is par for course for what this season is turning out to be mm-hmm. in a macro sense, if you pull back and think about the deeper issues. But Matt James' father um, yep. shows up. And they have one of the most real and intense and eye-opening conversations about him yeah. not being there for Matt as a child. And it seemed like his father might not have been fully expecting this conversation or what it what yeah. was. Yeah. So my take was that it was like, first of all, I think like that his dad was caught off guard by the nature of the conversation. And then it caused this like friction and discomfort between the flow of communication even it was just you know like he's talking about how he didn't have a father and his dad's like I didn't either and it's like you're missing yeah, the point yeah, of yeah, what yeah, your son's was- trying to say but then I know Matt also tweeted and he's like this conversation is hard to watch it was even harder to have etc so I'm also wondering if Matt was blindsided a bit by the editors and the producers around how it was put together for the show I really would, you know, uh, I always say this every episode, like if heaven exists, I hope there is uh, a feature in heaven where you can just get all the unedited footage of every show you've ever wanted, because I really would, I'd be so curious about what they want, what they're, what they wanted to get out of that scene. But what I'm saying, the, the balance of the bachelor is so bizarre like that, where you have that scene, which is like made me think about father son relationships, made mm-hmm. me think of, you know, Matt James is a man. And then you're like, Hey, I've got seven sticks of butter on my back. Try to rub it in my back. Like to go from point A to point B. Like this is it, the thing with the bachelor franchise is like, I think they've just been the number one show on ABC or whatever they are for so long that they're like, we can do anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're going to really, we're pushing, but I, I almost know, like, I don't know if that did disservice to the conversation or it just stuck out like a sore thumb. And I'm Mm -hmm. not, I'm not saying that in a bad, I don't want, cause I thought it was so real. Cause you know, you know, when you see a real scene in a reality show um, and cause us as like audiences, we're not dumb. You can immediately, like you immediately kind of watch closer because uh-huh. you're like, Oh, this is Wait, real. What's like, actually this, happening right now. There's, and, and Matt James, I mean, to his credit, he was like, no dad, I'm not saying I don't want a relationship with you. I'm just saying like, we can have a relationship, but I want you to be aware. I mean, he handled it so much better than I could I ever possibly have imagined doing, but it, it was just, I don't know. I, I, I just want to know what they're smoking over there at the bachelor. I don't, I don't know. And I mean, I wish I had, I have a friend who used to be a producer on there and, you know, she described so much of the things that they would have to do there. What was that TV show? Oh, on, uh, on, uh, not, not we, um, but I know lifetime or something like three seasons uncut or on, I know. Oh my gosh. It'll come to me like 20 minutes later, but she said that there were parts of that as the producers, like that manipulation and that conversation that you're like directionally trying to steer somebody 
in the moment to react or respond in a certain way. Like, I feel like maybe in the vulnerable moment, they were guiding him in one direction. He handled it really, really well. And I go back to the fact that I think Matt, the person is great. I just do not think for the basis of this show, he's our guy. And it's upsetting. (laughs) We're, we're going down with the ship in a way. So, uh, but it is uh, so we see the preview for next week, you guys, and it is the the final episode, um, mm-hmm. I believe, right? Is it the, yeah, the final, final episode? episode. And we <laughs> we see a <laughs> clip of, you know, of course somebody's getting hurt. Matt's crying at one time, and he's sitting on a curb. Yeah. Chris Harrison's sitting on a curb with him. And he's like, Chris Harrison uh, is working you... overtime this season. <laughs> I love how Chris Harrison just really does pop around corners, and he's like, mm-hmm. "What's going on? I hear something's up," you know. <laughs> I think that's a version of Chris Harrison cameo. You should be able to buy at some point where he just pops in on a date. Like it's going pretty good for you, isn't it? You know, um, how you feeling right now? But he, yeah, he goes, he, not good. And, and Matt's like, not good. And he's like, can you continue? Like, also, can you continue? Why can you continue? Can you, what do you mean? Get up? Like, can you continue? Like, I'm not running the cameras. I'm not doing any physical work. And, and Matt goes, I don't know. Like, continue What? What do you continue? He's trapped there. He can't get an yeah. Uber. I mean, yeah, of course he can continue, Chris. He's contractually obligated. <laughs> I mean, I always love. See, that's what I really want the future of reality shows to be: is that that mixture of now uh, the show and then the show behind the show, which is production. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love it if things like that are said, and you hear crew people like, "Oh fuck, are you kidding me? No, this is our job. Like, get up, get up. He could do it, Chris. Like, I would love people taunting Matt. Like, get up, dude." Um, and the show is called I, Unreal. It just hit Unreal. me. Unreal, a scripted show, but it's true. It would be so great to have a reality show of the like curation of reality show from the behind the scenes, or Such like that last season have. when when Claire was like obsessed with Dale from the get go. I would have loved to have seen production talk like, "Hey, we got a real problem. Claire is uh, <laughs> Claire's really really obsessed with this guy. What are we gonna do?" Like I. And eventually they just start, they started sending Dale to her room. They're like, Dale, yeah. you go, you go into her room. He's like, I was sent over here. <laughs> he was, <laughs> He's like, what bizarre. am I doing? And for sure, I, I'm sorry, like for sure with my gut, I feel like they said, if you are leaving the show, Claire and Dale, like this man has to propose to you. He was scared. Well, you know what? I love that he was like, he was like, and he genuinely was saying this. He's like, I think I felt love. Yeah. Like I, I think, you know, when I saw there was, I definitely felt something. I think that could have been love. Like he was like, he's like, I think that could have been it. Yeah. And, and then when they did the, like the coda, when they were in like by the ocean house and he's like, what you doing, baby? And she's like making salad and they're dancing all around. And I was like, oh, he's, he's really going to be in for it in a second. Yeah. He was. He's in for it. I get Lindsay vibes from Claire. Not that we need to go back to Claire's season. No, we can always done with see, that. This is two pop culture things. We can, we, this is like jazz at this point. We just go yeah. all around the world, <laughs> but there is a, well, Claire, it's not that the fact that that's the vibe It's that Claire told us that was her vibe. Claire said, yes. I waited. And that's why I win. I waited. And, and she pretty much said F you to all the people that said to settle. I didn't settle. And this is my prize. And that's why I laughed my ass off when they <laughs> broke up. Cause I was like, I knew it was going to happen. And of course they're back of together course. now, but that love story will never be their love story. No matter what happens, will always have an asterisk like, like steroids. How, and yes. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Dale, the Dale Moss brand 
that sent me. So I don't know if you saw this, but like in between their breakup or right before they broke up and like seemingly close after he launched the Dale Moss brand, his sure. website, and then a media company. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I, I was laughing my ass off Wait, about he, it. He launched his own media company. Yes. Wow. Very cool. Yes. And then suddenly they were back together being seen in Florida or wherever they were. Yeah. And by the way, they were purposely just standing out on street corners. I was yes. like, where you're just standing on street corners at this point. Yeah. Anything for the shot, anything to be on just Jared's Instagram. Like <laughs> it really is just, it was fantastic. Um, speaking of uh, just Jared, like what, when you wake up in the morning or throughout the day, what are the websites you check? How do you, how do you ingest pop culture? Oh my gosh. Like I, I just, I'm, cons I'm all consuming. I love going in terms of websites, Laney gossip, because I feel if I have the time to actually like read a dissection of what's happening in a certain celebrity situation, I love her take on things and the writers that she has on her site. Um, I go to Just Jared, People, Us Weekly. Demois is always kicking around. I love- you, are, you, um, are you Daily Mail at all? I go on Daily Mail, like occasionally, probably every other day. Um, wow, if every I see other day. That's somebody I, I'm like, like- So many times a day. I just, really? I, There's well, so I, much on there. Yeah, like I love the glut of information. And especially now that I'm, as you guys knew, a new Royals fan. It's really, yeah. uh, they're in, they're very in deep with the Royal family after the Oprah Ooh, Winfrey yeah. uh, interview. But okay, so just yeah, all that stuff. Um, I'm trying to think, TMZ, do you even mess with TMZ? Oh or yeah, that, I get TMZ yeah. alerts on my phone. So that's the one alert I get. They usually pop off throughout the day. As and a kid, I love, uh, like Perez or D-listed or any? Oh like, yeah. yeah, Perez I was big on. Um, I was like pretty invested in press. I didn't do delisted. And then I know there was like Nikki Swift. Wasn't that like kind of like a crass website? Yeah. I'm trying to think yeah, there were, I do have to make it like an overall list at somebody. I was, you know, they have that, the way back machine on the internet that you can actually go back to like a no. day's page. And I was like, it would be a brilliant podcast to, just go through like Perez Hilton. Like this is what happened a day ago, uh, 15 years ago on Perez Hilton's site. And, you know, and like it would be break so down his, like, cause he was so such a dick. Um, and we all such laughed about it. I mean, that all come up because of the, the Britney Spears stuff, which I know mm -hmm. you've talked about on your pod before. Um, any, what are your feelings overall on Britney? I mean, I know it's hard to encapsulate and I mean, I look, first of all, it's so true. Even like Laney gossip, a lot of people talk about that. Like the cultural approach to celebrities in the past was really to like rip them apart, shred them to pieces and be nasty. And yeah. we all were just cool with that. Yeah. What was so shocking to me with Britney Spears now watching the Framing Britney documentary as an adult was just like how, how much there was like how much negativity and how much nastiness. And we were all piranhas if, with every single step that she took and like all of it, like myself included. And then the scariest part about that is like, she's only like a few, like, I think she's like five years older than me or something. So she was going through that really fucking young. Yeah. And, and there's no rule book. I'm assuming that you get when you're a celebrity. So no. it's got to be insane. But uh, Kim Kardashian came out, I believe, in the last mm -hmm. week and said, you know, this Britney, I just watched this. This is 
you know, crazy. And, and I have felt this way myself. And, you know, I mean, I, I thought there was a little tone deafness in bringing it back to her, but I guess, you know, of course you personalize everything, of but course. I do, I want to know your opinion on this because do you think like Kim and the Kardashian clan, they sought, they sought that fame. They sought mm-hmm. people chasing them. They, 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 you know, Chris, that was all they wanted was that like that, that was their dream to have that kind of Britney Spears fame. So it was hard to sometimes feel bad. It's hard to feel bad for Kim sometimes, in my opinion, because she chased it so hard. I mean, her mom like helped her release a porn tape for the love yeah, of God. They you hustled know? for it. I, it's, it's a hard one. You know, it's so hard because on the one hand, you're completely right. You cannot argue what you're saying. They went after that. They, they were like the first family of reality TV, if you will. Like they sought after that. But then you see, I remember Kim posted like headline after headline, after headline, after headline, and like seeing it all in a row. I'm like, yeah, that's like fucked up, but it's, it's a hard, I think the, the other side of it is like, Kim being aware of what she was going into probably had a stronger head on her shoulders than Britney Spears being more innocent or naive to the situation. Well, yeah, because Kim, Kim, I think I think Kim was looking at it from a. I mean, I think that whole clan has done everything from a what's making money perspective, rather mm-hmm. rather than living their life perspective. You know, totally. I mean, most of the time. Um, I don't know. It's just something that I found interesting. Everybody it's it's like you were talking about everybody giving their opinions on the Megan, Harry, Oprah yeah. interview in your podcast. And I feel like Brittany is that same thing is that every celebrity needs to weigh in. Like we haven't asked every. anybody, but every celebrity needs to weigh in and let us know what they think. And we're doing the same things, but, uh, I guess that's with the the Megan, Harry, and Oprah interview. You, I um, glean, are a huge Oprah fan, and you thought she did a masterful <laughs> job. No, I am too. But you I thought am. she did a masterful job with that interview. Yes, um, I. So I like have this weird thing, and I. This is honestly why I love talking to you, and I think that you're also amazing, and you're doing such a good job right now. Not that you asked for my opinion, but are you talking about me? Oh, yes. I thought you were. I thought you were doing like a no. Okay, no, yeah. you are. <laughs> um, I like love. I'm like obsessed with like interviewers. Like I love Howard Stern. Like I love Lex. That's my, that's one of my heroes. And if you like, if you study Howard, like I do, like he has like these interview techniques, like he'll, yes. do, he, you know, he'll like put these and it's like, it's really thought out and it's, it's inspired me so much, you know, yes, like the, the amount of work that goes on behind and the preparation and then just to be loose, to be able effortless. to be loose. Yeah. Yes. And that's like what Oprah did for me in the Sunday interview. Like I loved watching her flow through the conversation and them try to deflect or outright say they weren't answering a question and her like casually following up a few questions later back to it. Like it was just like this like masterclass dance that I was eating up. I love the status too. Like the status you can't, you know, and that's why it had to be Oprah and nobody else mm-hmm. because she has such a status, a gravitas, a gravitas with her where she can sit back. Like I noticed, like if I was doing the interview, I'm always so excited and I'm going to want to get in there. And she just sat back and, she, up, and a couple of times she would like, she would like, whoa, like yeah. it would be very deliberate movement. And it was, if you watch her, it was just very like, I'm just having a conversation. Of course. But you know, she, you knew she was completely prepared. She had a, a plan of attack. It was so good that I was so bummed out. They put so many commercials attached to it. I know. So it's like she would get these six minute chunks and 
that, you know, I was like, ah, I'm in this, like, I'm trying to fast forward through commercials to get to the right place. But, um, it, it made me long for like interview. Like I, I, I used yes. to watch, uh, I know Charlie Rose is canceled. Now I had no idea what a creepy was, but he had this PBS interview show. Uh, I think it was the Charlie Rose show and he would talk to anybody. He's, mm-hmm. he would talk to, uh, directors, actors, writers, but scientists, politicians, because everybody has a story. And I believe Oprah can do that with anybody, whether you're a prince. Absolutely to me or you, you know? Absolutely. There's just, I have such a fashion, a fascination and an appreciation for it. And I think, you know, one of the things that is so interesting to me or mesmerizing is to your point, she's leaning back, she's leaning in. Like, I know in my gut that that is all thought out and calculated and like, She's just such a natural at it seemingly, but it's all going on in the back of her mind and in her head. And it's like, it's incredible. Like I want to eat a meal of understanding yeah. this. I mean, I, 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 I really am like a huge Oprah freak when I, I remember like the first diet I ever went on was uh, <laughs> Oprah's. And I was like, I was a kid and I went on and Oprah inspired, read this book uh, with her and her mm-hmm. like trainer, Bob something, forgot what the book was, but it actually inspired me. And like Oprah's always inspired me. I can, I say nothing but amazing things about, it. I can't yeah. imagine what it's like to be that kind of person where so many people want a piece of you. Like, how I do know. you spend your day? Like I, I sometimes will wake up now and I'll watch a couple episodes of TV or I'll do something stupid and waste my time. <laughs> Oprah can't afford to waste time. Too many people like imagine just charity work. People wonder. I do. know I have no idea how she navigates it. Like I just, I don't even think I could imagine like I, I, at all. Well, it's very fascinating. I mean, Oprah's perfect. Ride. Oprah's, you know, we don't need to worry about Oprah. No, nope. we need to worry about the situation though. That's happening with Megan and Harry. And now, uh, you know, we had a statement from, yeah. uh, the, the Royals a, yesterday, a couple sentences, a couple sentences, <laughs> uh, you know, things seem to be blowing up over there. We're even getting, uh, firings mm. or, or quitting from, uh, from what, from Piers, Piers Morgan, which yes. I, I've, you know, if you're into pop culture and all that, you know, even Americans have known Piers because he's made himself such a presence over here or trying to court uh, celebrities and kiss mm-hmm. ass and has these kind of batshit opinions to stir things up. But, you know, the hubris he had, he kind of exploded on air yesterday because somebody rightly called him out and said, hey, you've never talked anything uh, good about Megan past totally. the point when she didn't want to hang out with you anymore. And she's not said anything about you and he couldn't handle it. He's like, not on my show, mate. No, no, no. Yeah. It was what? very bad. <laughs> but like that, the co-anchor saying all of that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I mean, are you a Royals fan going into this or are you just an Oprah fan going into this? No, I'm a Royals fan. Um, I've like followed the Royal family for a long time, probably since like Kate and Wills' wedding was when my fascination started. I mean, when I was, I I was young when Diana passed away, but that's sort of probably like the first major event, like pop culture event that I recall in my mind. And so when Kate and Wills um, got engaged and ended up obviously getting married, that was a really big deal for me because of the whole commoner aspect. That's when I was really immersed in like um, tabloid culture with like the weighty Katie bits and the headlines and everything like the obsession and fascination with her. So watching that evolution to her finally being accepted into the family and getting married, I've sort of followed that evolution from there. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just 
four days into my Royals obsession. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really, I'm a novice and I'm new Welcome. to it. Well, because I was so against it. It's like, I, there's a couple things that even though I deal in a lot of uh, things that, uh, that are very feminine and, you know, are mainly viewed and, and uh, watched by, by females, uh, the Royals was like my one holdout. Well, I mean that mm-hmm. in Bridgerton, which I kind of lump in there with the Royals, but there are a couple of things like, I'm not going to do it. No, I do not need another thing. And also I'm like, yeah. why, who cares? Who cares? I don't need another, I don't even need my parents to tell me to watch the crown anymore. <laughs> and then this happens and I'm like, Oh shit. Like people are like backstabbing each other. Like I'm yeah. fully in I'm like, people are like, and then like, she's suicidal while she's having a baby and she has to go out in public and act. That's when I was like, Oh my God, this is truly fascinating. This is, and every young girl, I imagine one of their dreams before they, you know, get older and realize life is what it is, is to be a princess, right? Like, it's like, that's the thing. And here is somebody, or to be on suits, you know, that's the other thing. Yeah, the other thing. Oh, I want to I mean, I would have been happy being on suits as well. (laughs) So, I mean, to, to watch all of this. And then I'm like, now I'm seeing what, what's going on. But I thought they were very, and this, like I said, as a novice, I thought they were both so well-spoken. Mm-hmm. I thought they didn't, you know, the um, the comment about what color skin w- will Archie look like Be, was, of course, yeah. damning. But they didn't say the name. I mean, I assume it's Charles because um, they also made sure that Oprah knew that it wasn't the queen or Prince or Philip. Um, and so I thought it was what what, in your opinion, is the big hullabaloo over there of like, why is this so damaging to the royal family? So I like in watching that interview and finally having like a broader perspective of what actually was going on behind the scenes in my like early days of understanding Meghan and Harry and their reasons for leaving, I was always confused because I was like, it was not even like two years. Like what's going on? Like what they, they had bad media in the press. And I totally, I mixed race. I totally understand what it means to be like a biracial person or having like racism be at the core of your narrative. And so I understood that that was hard, but I was like, they've got to push through this. There has to be like a way that they can, get past this together. They've got the support of the family, et cetera. What I didn't realize was how little support they like, I don't even know what the opposite of support is, but like lack of support. They, they wanted them to fail. So internally in the institution, which is the business of the monarchy, that's like made up with the people that work for the Royal family and the business of being Royal, they did not set them up for success. And I think it's that internal lack of support that ultimately was the catalyst to them leaving because they, as they said, they tried as hard as they could. Um, and they just, it, it wasn't working. Like they couldn't do anything or win in any capacity. I mean, the fascinating, another fascinating thing for me is to think about like, you know, Diana went through this too, is that it, mm-hmm. it seems like the Royal family is diametrically opposed to actual human feelings and human life is yes. that they're actually actively against you falling in love. They're actually, you know, they're doing arranged marriages. The fact that, uh, that Prince Charles said something to, uh, Oh, at least she's an actress and she has her own money. You yes. know, I'm like, wait, I would think the Royal family, like, that's the one thing you don't have to worry about. And, and even the fact that they go, you know, they, they, withdraw from their duties they go to america and they're not paid for security during a pandemic being as famous mm-hmm. as they are that to me is like that to me is on the queen's shoulders i mean you can that's a that's a quick yes give them security and i would imagine 
I mean, what, what is it going to be like, you know, a million or two million a year? I don't know what, but like, that seems like a no brainer. They're more famous than most royalty. Exactly. And the thing that was so interesting about that was that, you know, Megan was talking about how at first they were like, you can't leave Frogmore. They lived at this place, Frogmore Cottage. You can't leave the premise. You're too hot right now. Like you're in the press. There's too much about you. You can't go anywhere. People are like trying to get your photo, chase you, et cetera. So it's like the the awareness, like the direct and acute awareness of just how popular they were on like the one side. And then on the other side, they're having a child, arguably the first mixed race baby in the royal family. Um, and you know that there's this like underlying current of racism, like you're not going to offer that child protection or make an exception when you are acknowledging how popular they are. It's just, it's so, when you start to like put those bits together, it's really fucked up. Yeah. I mean, and then like you said, and then, uh, you know, you're speaking of your experiences biracial, like I, I, I forgot, I mean, like I forgot that was a huge uh, mm-hmm. part of it, and you realize that's a huge part of it. And you'd be like, well, why not? Like multi like multicultural, like, isn't that what we're all going for? And mm-hmm. supposedly, you know, the Royal family rules over uh, a, a good, a huge part of the people they rule over are multi-ethnic and, and all of, of course, things. wouldn't that be celebrated in this day and age? Wouldn't that be the natural evolution of the crown and the Thor? You know, it's like, it's like when we see our reality shows starting to take on black lives matter and all yes. that stuff, because it, it puts a mirror up to what's going on in the world. Shouldn't we start to see that in our representatives as well? Yes. And so, you know, this is not the, I'm using an example, but like, I remember there was an episode of Summer House this season where Sierra and Danielle, Danielle was talking about being the only Latinx member in her tech and finance workplace and how the, the challenges that came with that, but also like that it was very rewarding. And we celebrate these conversations. It's like, we're excited to see these conversations and this happen. Like I personally was so excited to see Megan um, be like someone look who looks like me be represented in the British Royal family. And then when they left, like I was disappointed and I made that, I think like, as like a personal thing, I was like upset with Megan and I'm like, why would she leave? This is like so annoying. I didn't realize how much was going on behind the scenes and how unwilling, like Harry said it, there is an unwillingness with this royal family to educate and modernize their mindset. And it's and- just, they don't have to and they don't care and they're not being incurred. They're actually being actively discouraged too, is what I took away. It is funny, uh, you know, the media and how they represent things and the media beast and how all that works, you know, as you get, as I get further into this, you, you really see a lot of how things are worked and the Mm -hmm. communication between PR people and getting stories out or pushing a certain narrative. And that is fascinating because you realize there is a certain negative that is being narrated that is being pushed out about Meghan Markle. That is false. Like I remember not being in the Royals, but I still am not an idiot. I would read headlines (laughs) and stuff. I I read the daily mail. Yeah. I read the, I mean, I I see headlines and uh, my, my, snap judgment without was like, Oh, I can't believe she's taking him from his family. Wow. I Mm -hmm. can't believe she's screwing his whole thing up just for her. Like that was my, that from just reading, like uh, that was the, and you just forget that, that, that life isn't a, um, like a PR stunt or life isn't a daily mail article or a TMZ article. So when you see something like that, it's like the Matt James conversation. It's very real. Mm -hmm. It's very, and, at the end of the day, you're like, what's even cooler about it is that 
it's it's about it's about love. It's about two I people know. that are supposedly in love that have you know one child, one child on the way. And I said this earlier this week. I read some comment online where it's like, wow, he um, he saved her from all of this. Harry saved yeah. her from all of this. But then the other comment that I love more was that, well, she potentially saved him from all of that. You know, totally. They yes. get to actually potentially, you know, watching them, that little video footage of Archie and them on the beach, you know, and that he got to see Archie ride a bike and I know him being a kid. And you think back to the Diana stuff of him watching his mother's funeral and having to probably hang out with Elton John nonstop for that weekend <laughs> is you for think he saw, it, he saw it from such a different perspective and knowing that he doesn't want that for his son. I mean, I know. of course we, as audiences, we add so much to it. I'm like, Oh my God, he's probably thinking he doesn't want that for his son. And, but that's what we do. With but that's what story. we do. That's we what bring. we do. And when he was talking about riding the bike and how he never had that, I was like, you do, you internalize it, right? You're just like, Oh my goodness, this is probably such a release for him. Like what an incredible, like moment in his life to be able to experience this knowing that he's you know find they have that book finding freedom that omid scoby wrote he's the royal reporter for harper's bazaar um and it's just like he feels he probably literally feels free because as he said he was trapped he didn't realize he was trapped and i understood what he was saying i think it's hard to relate because you're a prince but like i understood at his core what he was trying to get at in saying he was trapped in this toxic institution an archaic an archaic one but like he probably feels like he's finally free to explore who he is and live his life and that like that's a celebration you know yeah i mean i knew i was really starting to fall for the royals this week when i was like do they have merch? Like I treated it like a band. I'm like, can I get a, can I get a t-shirt? I need a t-shirt. That's oh, like we're deaf getting I'm arch like, Can I get a t-shirt? Um, sure it's coming. It, it, so, but what I love, what I don't love about this, what's scary about this is that it's an ever evolving story that is mm -hmm. now you're seeing the ripples take place in media, in royalty. Like uh, they, they released their statement. The fact that we also have Prince Andrew that still has an answer to the Epstein charges <laughs> is wild. I'm like, this is the, they're like, this is the biggest thing to happen to the crown in 85 years. I'm like, what about the guy that is like fully in, like in every, you know, like charges, like he's in all the charges. In every photo on Epstein Island. Like, no, that's not, that's not me because I had my sweat glands removed and yes. man was very sweaty. And I'm like, okay. Like at first I was like, you, you can do that. I want my sweat glands removed. Yeah. You're but like, like, cool. I love that that's his defense is like, I've never gotten that sweaty. Like, Yeah. And then did you, I don't know if you saw this at the time. Also, Mary got her sweat glands removed, didn't she? Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, didn't she? She yes, got boils because yes, of sweat. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> these are our people getting sweat and glands removed. Wait, did Andy ask, like, does that remove the smell? She, didn't Like, didn't Andy yeah. goes, no, the smell's still there. The smell's still there. <laughs> I really do. I need a, eventually they're going to make an HBO documentary about Mary. It's gonna oh, be like I cannot parts. wait. Um, but no, yeah, there was this like Twitter. Um, it was like four photos of Prince Andrew, like out at nightclubs, just sweating profusely through. Imagine his being a prince at that age, wanting to go like he's in a full. Yeah. Off, like, oh yeah. It was like, as an adult, it was not like Prince Harry in his twenties. It was like Prince Andrew as an adult in these photos. But it's like, <laughs> you know what? Like, so you're saying, I mean, this is where the, the sickness of it is like, okay, so you're, you're, you're a pervert. Let's just start there. Yeah. Uh, but okay. You're a pervert. You can't, you can't at least go for 21 and older. Like you're no. like, or like, you know what? Like, you know, when you're hanging out with like, kind of like CD, there's some CD things happening. 
you still like I I just I I the gall of some people, and I guess that's the sickness of of humanity, and we all have something in our you know uh, lives like all. But I also think it speaks to the you know protection or the untouchable feeling of being a part of the royal family is like nobody's gonna come for him even to date like they launched this bullying public investigation of Meghan Markle bullying staffers and it's like that's cool but where's the investigation and they released all they released all this stuff this past week before the interview to like that's what I find the the media is trying to discredit her before that interview came out um but like I even like I just love that with Prince Andrew it was so obvious that Epstein and, and G- Ghislaine used it like they, like he was a pawn to them as well. Like they had ah, him in his back pocket, you know, G- Ghislaine told the one girl, like, you know, make sure you sleep with him, take care of him, anything he wants, you know, cause they knew they had that in their back pocket. Like uh, oh, yeah. he was then a pawn. Uh, and he was somebody that they bragged about having relationships with. Absolutely. Um, I don't even want to know like that. I just, I don't know if you feel this way as well, but like, we talk about celebrities, we like observe pop culture, et cetera. But like, there has to be this, like, we always hear about, there has to be this like level that's just like sick and dark. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's a know? baseline where I'm just like, or even with the stuff with the Army Hammer stuff and the Crystalia mm-hmm. stuff, which I was talking about on, on Monday's episode. And you're like, there is, there is a reason why these people all like flock towards pop or the, there's a reason yes. why they are a part of pop culture. There seems to be, there's like a, a little bit of sickness in each person. There's not like, I mean, the well-adjusted people, like I, I think like to me, Tom Hanks, completely well-adjusted. They had to make up rumors that he's eating babies because he's yes. so well-adjusted. Like yes. for the most part, you really will, you could throw a rock and have a Weinstein or a Spacey mm-hmm. or a, you know, everybody is fallible. Think about your own families. You guys, we all have that one family member that, you know, we're told to stay away from or that they're getting help. Very true. That is the same with pop culture. You know, um, that is such a good point. Oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I it's like one of the, like, if you, I mean, that's the macrocosm, the microcosm things of like, you know, if you view your family as, like any view, view your next Christmas or Hanukkah dinner or whatever as the uh, the Golden Globes. Look at it as the Golden Globes and then go through the night and see what rumors and gossip you can pick up. There's always going to be like five different storylines going on. There's going to be people you like, people that you want to do good, people that you hate and don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. and there's usually You're somebody avoiding. Like, yeah, people, somebody that you mend fences. You're like, he really turned it around this uh, Thanksgiving dinner, you know? Um, I know we uh, we're going to start wrapping up soon, but like, what, what what do you like about podcasting? Why what what do you what do you enjoy about it? So I started my podcast in quarantine last year because I do this daily roundup on my Instagram stories where I'm sort of sharing what's been happening in celebrity news that day, and I am like I love being in my DMs. I like live in them when I can. I love I'm responding. So bad. To- I have not responded to like a good. I'm I know, so but it gets hard. It. it gets so hard, and so I wanted to me. start this podcast to have more of like a long form conversation around what was going on and like the top celebrity stories of the week, right? And have uh, expand on my thoughts or feelings about it. Talk about you know what we might have been talking about in the DMs. And then of course last year with everything that happened after the murder of George Floyd, it really and then the election, like I wanted to also place a focus on what was happening culturally in current events. And I found that there was this intersection with everyone being home. We're all in the same boat, whether we're celebrity or an everyday person. And people wanted to know about like a little bit about everything. So that's 
what I choose to focus on, it switches week over week, really, which is nice because it's me. And by the um, way, you guys, she does usually an hour podcast. She went an hour 20 this week yes. and she apologized for it. <laughs> like you guys know, like my podcast is like, I mean, I'm just not, that's, uh, we know now this is not going to happen. I so, love it. I um, love it. I plan no, my whole night to talk to you. <laughs> it seems like you, it seems like you are, are very successful at that conversation. And it seems like a lot of people are starting to uh, not wisen up, but starting to discover and listen and you're building yeah, that, thanks. that core base or are, are there, what do we call them? One, one last thingies. What do we thingies? What do we call the hang them? gang? Well, they're the my hang, hang, the hang gang. gang. Cause okay. we all hang. Okay. Yeah. So okay, we, cool. it's the hang gang. We all hang. Um, yes. It's like, it's very interesting because it's weird having a one-sided conversation. I don't really have guests. I want to, I just, I need to get my scheduling my life in a better schedule. I got to start making my bed or something like you and Carl. Yeah, Carl. But, yeah. I wonder, I, yeah. Ask Carl for advice. Like how yeah, you get your life in order. Hey, yeah. Carl. Drink water. Um, he'll say, just drink water, hydrate. <laughs> I love like, why. And I just, um, I, I have this like one-sided conversation, but the feedback that I get from my listeners is that they feel like they're having a chat with their friends. Like they feel like they're just like talking. That's to it. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. That, that's, and it's not even disingenuous because I was so scared to start. Uh, I remember the first episode I talked by myself and I mm-hmm. didn't think I could last past 10 minutes. And I was so shocked that I could, but then it kind of evolved into something when I talk you know, when it's like the, the wraparound bits or episodes with just me, I know exactly who I'm speaking to. Like I can yes. see the audience. I mean, I have talked with a lot of the audience and that's been amazing, but I know exactly. And it's like, I used to, I do a lot of voiceovers and stuff and, and they'll always tell you, or one of the first things you learn in voiceovers is like, who are you speaking to? Cause it'll be like, something will be like here at Wendy's, we've got the bacon, da, 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 da. but they're like, well, okay. That's, that sounds good. But like personalize it. Who are you? Are you speaking to your friend? What are you speaking to? Like really picture who you're speaking to. And that was always really hard for me in voiceovers, but in podcasting, it's so easy. Like, it's like, yeah, I know. I mean, I'll, I'll even catch myself. I'll be like, oh, you guys, what she means is like, I, I it's like, I'm talking to the friend that is like the silent friend that you always totally. hang out with. That, is just that you're just like kind of like side chatting with yeah. during amidst the conversation. What was so interesting with Oprah, since I see that you're also interested in this on the CBS this morning segment with Gail, the next yeah. day with Gail, she said one thing she does with all of her guests is she asks them, what do they want to get out of the interview? And she tells them what she hopes to get out of it. And I found that interesting because one of my predictions for Harry and Megan was that like everything would be vetted. They would be going over it and it would be like rhythmic and smooth. And it was, even though they said they didn't prepare, they didn't see the questions in advance. But I think having that foundation of like, what do you want to get out of it? And vice versa, just again, speaks to the caliber of interviewer Oprah is and like how she's able to weave the narrative and the story as she's going through the motion of interviewing. I'll stop fangirling over. No, no. I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, and this is actually a so bad it's good exclusive. And I really up to this point didn't want to kind of say this, but I, it was, I was, I was the next choice after Oprah for the interview and I'm glad she got it. <laughs> Cause I think she did. I mean, she obviously now you're like, Oh, it can't be anybody but Oprah. But for, I was hurt for like a day. And then I was like, it's Oprah. Like you, you lost Oprah. Like, and I don't, I don't even know Megan and Harry. So that would have been weird, mm-hmm. but I mean, all things happen the way they're supposed to be. And, things happen know, for a reason, you know, one, you know, one door opens another shuts or whatever. And then I got <laughs> to talk window. to you. So it's like, that's, that's the window. I mean, it's opens. a silver lining. <laughs> um, 
Uh, real quick, I wanted to share a piece of news that came out today um, as we start uh, mm-hmm. wrapping up. Well, two things. Are you Bling Empire selling Sunset at all? Do you? Um, so selling Sunset, yes. I watched Bling Empire. I fell asleep in the last episode. I truly tried to watch it three times. The very last one, I couldn't finish it. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm familiar with both of them. Well, Netflix <laughs> renewed both of those shows for two more seasons. They Ooh. made the official announcement today. Um, and that's just for you guys to know. I don't really have a lot of discussion there, but this is big. Um, Pump Restaurant, Lisa Vanderpump's one of her restaurants in the, as we call it, circuit, S-U-R, uh, pump restaurant is not allowed to reopen and, uh, because there is some sort of tax issue, which usually means when you're not allowed to reopen, you have not paid a tax bill. So pump, which is as Lisa quoted, is quoted 80% garden. So is fine right now to reopen, but they have not paid some bill and they are not allowed to reopen. Um, uh, according to Los Angeles, like the Los Angeles board. What? They haven't been open. So when I was living there um, last year between August and November, like I was living in West Hollywood. So I would run by there all the time and pump and Tom, Tom, like it made me so sad that Tom, Tom was boarded up, but um, so pump can't open. It hasn't been open this entire time. Yeah. I mean, I think they, I think they reopened for a minute. Um, okay. and then, but now I guess they're not allowed to reopen in this, the, you know, cause sir is back open again, outside dining. Mm-hmm. I believe they're going to be inside dining in the next couple of weeks, but, uh, yeah, their pump is not allowed until whatever tax they're not saying how much is owed, but it is uh, a tax issue. Cause that, it's, you know, handed mm-hmm. down and we all that's on the heels of Villa Rosa permanently shutting down because, and they even had, um, unpaid, uh, grocer bills at Villa Rosa that they what? were getting sued for. And Ken said, you know, I'm not, not aware of it, but they will get paid, you know, and then he picked up a dog and ran off. Um, of course. <laughs> so I found that very interesting of, of them potentially not paying bills that would keep the restaurant open. This you know? is my confusion. And again, another fascination I have with the housewives and Bravo culture in general, it's like, Erica Jane, you're going through a divorce. Your husband's being sued. Like Dorit and PK, what's happening with you? Are you bankrupt? Aren't you? Like, how are they all existing with all of these charges happening simultaneously? What I'm starting to realize, and this I've realized this late in life, is that money is a fallacy. Like the the, the rich, the rich, the rich aren't like the rich. The rich seem just more comfortable about lying, cheating and stealing. Yeah. Like they're, but their PK's life allegedly to me looks like it must be a lot of, Oh, I owe a million over there. Okay. Fuck it. We'll they'll get it when they get mm-hmm. it, you know, and literally just seems like just runs from I, I'm purely, this is not, I'm speculating you guys, yes. but it just seems like a lot of, he's very comfortable with allegations being thrown at him. It's been his whole life. It's like Donald Trump. He's very, he's very, Mm -hmm. he was born with people, him wanting to be talked about with people, all of this stuff, all this law cases, that's been his entire life, even before the presidency. Yes. So he forget he was a president. He's lived this. So I imagine a lot of the rich people you always hear of like, Oh my God, how did that happen? It's like, they've, probably lived with not paying people and cheating people and stealing it's from their people. normal that's how they got to where they got you know mm-hmm. and that's why i'm happy i'm poor i know i'm like are we just poor <laughs> that's uh, very happy one time in my life to be a loser um i asked this of a lot of people uh what did you hope to get out of this interview no i'm joking um what what are, what are you 
what are you looking at, uh, looking for in terms of pop culture? What do you look forward to the the rest of your week watching, listening to uh, things in the future, anything to, to give people a heads up to or what you watch? I mean, so we've got summer house tomorrow, tomorrow. which is going to be great. That'll I'm going to be... catch up housewives tonight, New Jersey, and I'm going to catch up on blow deck sailing um, Grammys on Sunday, which I'll watch for the performances. But right now I've really gotten into like Dateline and 2020 on Fridays, which just like, again, oh speaks to how God. old I am. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I took a real long absence. And then a couple of weeks ago, they did a 2020 on the Lori Vallow, mm-hmm. uh, a two hour one, you guys, two hours. And it was the Lori Vallow one. She married this guy, Chad Daybell. And they like a lot of these people in her life, like her ex-husbands uh, were murdered. The kids were murdered. Like, I mean, it was this insane story. I ate that up and Dateline had a whole Nixium thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a two hour one, even though I watched these, all. I'm so Nixium out at this point, And I really I re- regret the, the, uh, really the did tattoo it. I got of it. But, <laughs> Um, but Dateline's always good. In fact, you guys also, this is a tip. Keith Morrison, all of his Datelines are a podcast. So it'll just be like, and then, so it's ever, it's the they show, are. It's the show. They just put it on audio on, it's like date. It's called Dateline and NBC puts it out. Oh and you my can listen gosh. to the two hour. Well, now you know what I'm doing for the rest of the week. It's really, it's actually really, if you're on a hike or something and you're enjoying nature, throw on a Dateline. Um, any other, uh, any albums you're listening to right now that you like? Um, okay. So I, so first of all, I have a question for you too, cause someone yeah. asked me this and I didn't know how to answer it. I'm listening. I started listening to like Justin Bieber released a song last week and then Drake released a three album, yeah, three song it's, album. It's big. So they're just, already, they're like, Oh, let's go out of yeah, bumping all those scary hours too. But did you, I had somebody ask me this on a TikTok live and I actually, like blanked and didn't know how to answer it. So I'm going to put you on the spot if that's okay. Yeah, to yeah, ask please. You. They asked me, why are we so obsessed with celebrities? And I was like, why? I, I think maybe now in like COVID, the fact that everyone does feel like they're on this equal playing field. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, there, I feel like it's like, uh, with it's like, it's like puberty. It's like your phases when you, mm-hmm. when you're a kid, you love, you love celebrities because it's like almost aspirational and it's like, it's untouchable. It's like somebody on a screen, it's fantastical. And there's Mm -hmm. a barrier between you and the celebrity. So you're, you're treating them as if they're a superhero. You're, you're being brought up to like this, this is a value. Look at this. This is a value. This is shown to everybody. And you talk about with your friends and you want it. I grew up in Kansas. So you're like Hollywood. Does that exist? That's crazy. And then as you get older, I mean, if you really get into it, then it, then it becomes different because then you get into the the personal, you get into the tragedy aspect. It's almost like watching a car crash. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason why we like things too. We'll stop at a car crash and we do that with celebrities like like we were talking about Britney Spears. Yes. Um, but then, you know, it's, it's, I was thinking about that in terms of, uh, like people ask like, what housewife, what, what's your favorite housewife? And well, I'm mean, like, that changes year to year. That changes. Mm-hmm. I think the answer changes depending on you know, the season of the weather, the days in the, you know, and I, like I, where you are in your life, Yeah, probably. where you are in your life. I mean, that's why, you know, music and TV, like at the, the essential thing is you're hoping to feel something. And these are things, whether it be a pleasure button, something of pain, something that reminds you of a, a love lost. I mean, these are all things it's like, you know, there'll be those days when you just put on a list of songs that will make you sad. And because mm-hmm. you want to feel sad, yeah, you know, like you're, you'll drive around your car and you'll listen to this song because you want to be in your feelings. And mm-hmm. that's so 
that's invaluable. We, we then it's another reason why we love these people so much because they express things that we can't, you know, they're given the platform that we, uh, when I did theater all the time, it was so cool. It was amazing. But I always say it would take you an hour and a half to get somebody to feel something overall, but with a song, they can make you feel something with a note in like 10 yes. seconds. Like there's like a, like a cast off song from take care by Drake, uh, over my dead body, which opens take care album. And there's just like a piano chord, like, ding, ding. and for some reason that hits something in my soul. And I know not a lot of other people, they, they're like, what song? But for me, I hear that every time. And it just like, it's some vibration in me that like, it's, yeah, it's like triggering to an emotion within you. Yeah. So if I want to feel that emotion, I know I go directly to that song or there's a, uh, you know, I always speak about joke about counting crows because they do the song, Mr. Jones. And it's all about like, we want to be big, big stars, but you know um, but they, they do a acoustic version of it. And you know, it's all about, you know, wanting to be a big star and why we want to feel that way. Yeah. Uh, everybody wants to pass his cats. Like there's all these like lyrics that you like really stop and think about. It's like about the culture of celebrity, but there are those things that it can make me deeply, deeply sad. And I think we are weirdly self voyeuristic where we want to, it's like, we're a Ferrari and we want to see what kind of emotions we can move around in, you know? Yes. Yeah. If, but sometimes <laughs> that really messes us up as well. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's such a better, that like, that explains so much better than I ever could. So thank you for humoring me because I was like, I don't know, but that makes the, the child but half of the time too. It's, it's like, that's so hard to explain. And the only people that are going to really take that, what I just said to heart are the people that love it. Because I try to explain pop culture and celebrity to a lot of my friends or even male friends, um, you mm -hmm. know, my parents even, and they think it's cute. They think it's, but they don't get that like, okay, well you can. If you pull out, you'll see there's all these tie-ins with how we treat people, how humanity is, but they look at it as just kind of like a silly, cute thing. And that's why, you know, it's like respect for reality, respect for yes. pop culture, um, you know, justice for pop culture is every, you know, like justice as for the these things. Say. <laughs> it's just as valid. This is all the, the study of pop culture is valid, just as valid as archaeology to me, you know, is I agree. Our there's a psychology to it. Yeah. And as we get older, we can harken back to the days of Perez Hilton. Now there is a foundation or the real world came back on TV. Now uh, they're doing like a 29, 20, it's been 29 years. And on Paramount Plus, which just came out last week, you guys, they uh, aired the first episode of a, a couple episodes with the original cast. And you see it and you're just like, holy shit. Cause I remember as a little kid watching this show and it blowing, it was my first reality show that I got into mm -hmm. and you seen and seeing all of them see each other and them recognizing the passage of time, the passage of 29 years. And then we recognize that all. And it was to me groundbreaking. It blew me away. I can't recommend it enough. Um, but I've I, heard I'm it's amazing. It's amazing, but I'm excited. That there's a history now. We have a history yes. of things. Like that's cool. Oh, that's so true. Sorry, this I just nice talked on, on that. I, sorry no, I, that. But, um, I think this is the best note to end on. That was so great. Lex, where can we find you? I know on Instagram it's at Lex Nico, L-E-X-N-I-K-O. Is that correct? Yes. You can find me at Lex Nico truly everywhere. Twitter, TikTok, Pinterest. Bite. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, is there is there an app called Bite? 
There is an app called oh, Vine. It. It's like oh, the new Vine. It's the new Vine. It's well, you wait, don't have wait, to worry wait, about wait, it. What's what's uh what's the TikTok? Isn't that the new Vine? TikTok's the new yeah. So now because you do the, the things where you'll always talk in front of the image, which I don't yes, know how to do. Yes, the green always, screen. I'm like one day I'll do. Do you have a green screen in your house? What do you do? No, it's it's a um. This like is by the way. This is like teaching TikTok. your parents. It's, it's a, a filter, filter in a filter. TikTok. So you just like upload the photo you want to speak in front of. And that's like how it works. When I come well, back there in a couple of weeks, yeah, I'll show you. Yeah, please. Yeah. I'll give you yeah, a thanks, tutorial. Lex, Lex I'll, I'll tell your grandma that you helped me out. Thank <laughs> you so much, Lex. Um, the podcast, you guys, one last thing. Uh, yes. It is definitely, what I'm saying is that this podcast can be a little, as you know, goofy. And hers is very funny, but it's very intelligent. It is very well-spoken. For being a one-sided conversation, it does feel like an interview podcast. So I can't recommend that highly enough. And what is the best thing to do? what I always tell you guys to do. And especially for somebody that's kind enough to come on this show, you go and you give them five stars, even if you, without listening, it's the freest thing that you can give any podcaster and it doesn't cost you to to listen to the episodes, but it really does help in all your placement out there. So uh, is there anything else that we're, we're forgetting Lex? No, this is amazing. I just want to say thank you. I had so much fun. Yeah. You crushed. I mean, you cried. Well, you're going to, you're going to have to come on again. So that's, that's uh, settles it. Yeah. Thank you. I really, I mean, this is our yeah. first time talking. I had a great time. Now, what a first time. This date. is the point. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be silent now and just make you feel awkward. Just like, Perfect. this is going to be your Raya it. thing. How are you? I don't, <laughs> um, you got to watch those Raya clips guys. They're hysterical. Uh, Lex, we will talk to you next time. Awesome. Thank you. It goes on and on and on. Start to dance and I'm singing like oh, I feel over now, but I feel it still. I want you to be happier because I'm happy when I'm wiser and I'm older. Cause you make me feel Change it all.
Batches.